Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, the Utes kick off spring football, and we take a look back at the running Utes and the basketball season that was. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What is up, Ute Nation? And Scott. Hey, it's good to be with you for a second time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's giving me crap. I forgot to hit record when we started this. Uh, and we were 20 minutes into it. You think I'd be better? Uh, it's it just... It's been so long since we recorded. I am so rusty at it. But here we are. We, I don't know if I can list- d- duplicate my incredible takes from the first go round. <laughs> For all of you listeners, we'll be posting a an engineered job just posting tomorrow. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Classifieds. <laughs> it pays really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So we are. Yeah, second time we're recording this, but I think we got it. We we got it this time. Uh, you can subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you listen to a podcast. We are there, and we're always at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And we haven't recorded since the Rose Bowl, so it's exciting to get back with you guys. I haven't seen Scott in months. He's been all over the world, hanging out <laughs> on the beaches during spring break. Oh yeah, how was that, was. Scott? Hey, you know it's uh, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> so uh, it's I, I took one for the team, and uh, you know I enjoyed my time. <laughs> All right, so Utah has kicked off spring football, and holy crap! Can you guys believe that that spring football is here? It honestly just feels like Utes just played in the Rose Bowl. Does it? It feels Rose Bowl feels like a generation ago. To <laughs> generation ago. <laughs> it does kind of feel like it was pretty recently, uh, but maybe that's just because I've had a busy winter at work. But uh, it's good to have spring ball here. That's for sure. Yeah, let's let's let these uh, these quarterback um, battles begin. That's what I want to see. Oh, dude, that quarterback room is stacked. Just. You know, four star after four stars or four star. And on top of that, Utah gets a commit from a four star this week in Mac Howard out of Mississippi. Uh, again, four star kid doesn't maybe have a ton of offers and high offers right now. I think, you know, I think Utah's on him early compared to the bigger programs. Uh, but the fact that Utah's going after another four star kid after signing two this past offseason, it, it's really showing how this program is elevating to be much like a USC or an Oregon, you know, that's what you have to do to compete for a Pac-12 championship every year is you have to hit a home run with the quarterback every single offseason. Well, and and not only are they they doing that with one quarterback is is 
you're seeing last year they brought in two. Um, we very well could see two uh, two four star kids in the in this next commit or in this next recruiting class as well, as there's another guy who's rumored uh, to be coming to Utah. Um, I don't know if the commitment of Mac Howard changes things, um, but it'll be interesting to watch. But I'll tell you, a lot of talent. I mean, th- this program has never we've never had this much talent in uh, in the quarterback room in the history of the program so it's, it's fun to see and obviously you're going to have as as these battles shake out you're going to have some guys transfer because uh you, you know when you get that many good quarterbacks they want to play not everybody's going to get that opportunity so you're going to see some transfers that should not alarm anybody that's going to be pretty common especially in today's day and age with the, the transfer portal um but even if even if you lose a, a guy or two to the portal that room is in good hands and I think a lot of that has to do with Andy Ludwig, um, kind of having that stable, constant OC in there. Whereas, you know, under Winningham, it was kind of a revolving door. seems that like he's kind of settled in with, with Andy Ludwig. And I think that's kind of helping to pay dividends on the type of quarterbacks that are bringing in. He apparently has been able to get in Witt's ear to figure out that you need an offense to win some games and some championships and it's not just on the defensive side of the ball. Well, and I think, I think with seeing that, I, I think he's been somewhat stubborn over the years um, thinking that, you know, between his uh, defense and special teams, they can get it done. But I, I also think, I mean, there is that, there is that, that thought out there, right. That he didn't care about offense. And I, I don't fully believe, I, I, I don't fully buy into that because what coach is not going to want to improve his odds by being able to score points regularly and consistently to better your chances of winning? I just think he he just continually made bad hires, and uh, he he knew what he wanted to run, and then he goes out and get, gets guys to come in that aren't running exactly what he wants. And, uh, it's, he just finally, uh, he made, he made a great hire in Ludwig to start his, uh, his tenure as head coach. And he made, uh, he made another good one in hire, uh, hiring Ludwig back here, probably to end his tenure as head coach. So, um, but yeah, Ludwig, Ludwig's rolling right now and his reputation among quarterbacks, just what he's done to Utah's offense. You know, his name is probably as big and as popular now as it's ever been. And so with spring football, you know, media members are not allowed to, to view or watch practice. Uh, so really the only thing out there is what the U has put out. Uh, and, and the photos that have come out of camp, can we just say, holy crap, Jalen Glover looks like a beast. I cannot believe he's a true freshman. That kid is a tank. He's like Zach Moss 2.0. I'll tell you, Tavion and, and Glover at the goal line. I'd love to see some two back sets and see what those linebackers have to have to say about it. So, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot more stuff will come out um, over spring and, and, and continuing of practices. And we'll dive more into the roster as spring ball kind of progresses into the season. Uh, but just getting, you know, another note of, of football um, that we haven't even talked about this. Uh, have you guys been watching the 22 forever that Utah has been producing and putting out? Yeah, there's, did I miss one? Is the third one out yet? Yeah. Third one came out last week. How, how did I miss it? I've only seen the first two. You were in Mexico. 
if you haven't watched it, you need to. Who's listening? If you haven't watched it, it's on uh, Utah Football's YouTube channel. Uh, the Pac-12 Network has also been broadcasting it. Um, but the thing I think is crazy is I when it first started getting announced and getting out there, I thought it was Pac-12. Like kind of seeing the highlights and the previews for it, I thought it was the Pac-12 that produced it and made it and put it out. That's all Utah. And it just blows my mind how far this program has come, you know, just in, in my lifetime, that they're putting out this content that looks like a, like a network did it. And I always saw glimpses of that during the season, right, with like the little clips they did, like Cam Rising putting gas in his car, um, things of that nature. But the fact that they're, they then themselves have made this video, four-part series of the season, you know, really highlighting Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe and their and their and the team's trip to the Rose Bowl over the course of the season. It it's phenomenal. And it from a business standpoint, it's so smart because it is gonna bring it's gonna catch eyeballs, it's gonna bring recruits in. This is major. Like Utah is taking those steps to be a bigger program. They got approval for the new indoor facility to upgrade different areas of the program. Utah's making big steps to to be a bigger program. I think I think we're pretty much a blue blood at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Mark it down. Scott Scott's claiming Utah is a blue blood. We're a blue blood, baby. You know, no. Um, Buy your you, tickets did, now to the Rose Bowl. Did you year. Did you guys see the uh, the championship rings that oh. uh, that were awarded to the players uh, last week? Oh, were so nice sexy i would yeah. just i would just wear that and that alone and walk around town <laughs> and that alone yeah because that would fit get, right in in cabo huh st- still get everybody's attention <laughs> <laughs> no i that's why i say like it, it's it's crazy to see how much utah has changed over the last decade and and I think for me, it was going into Rice Eccles this past season and seeing the new renovations to the South End Zone. And now with the, the video contents they're putting out, the facility upgrades that they're doing and planning for. This is like, I remember as a kid go, going to, to Rice Stadium, I would never imagine Utah was at this point. And we're just at the cusp of things, right? Like their first Rose Bowl. And honestly, they're not going to go to Roseville every single year, but it's so cool as a fan to see the growth of this program over the last decade. And imagine where we'll get to when we start wearing consistently good uniform combos. <laughs> How did I know this would come up? I, hey, there's no off season for this. <laughs> I don't take any breaks. Come on. Uh, once was, we once we figure out our branding cam, then we'll then we're officially <laughs> blue blood. The unis in the Rose Bowl were pretty sweet, though. Those were sweet. Those were sweet. Those were sweet. Those those were definitely sweet. I think they're finding their branding with the interlocking U's. Yeah, well, interlocking U is on their uh, championship range, so I think that tells you all you need to know. So uh, drum and feather probably. Uh, has the shelf life. Uh, um, we'll see how see how much I don't longer. Think they'll definitely. I don't think they'll totally get rid of it. 
No, but it's definitely taking a back seat more and more. It has. All right. So, I mean, that would kind of do it for our thoughts, kind of uh, kicking off spring ball. And, and, you know, and as I said, as spring ball continues to progress, you know, we'll do more content around it, breaking down uh, uh, the roster, you know, different guys that stand out to us on that. We already know that we'll do our breakout players for the year, you know, over the summer. And, and Ryan's going to pick Cam Rising because he likes to cheat in that area. So we'll definitely be doing that. Tradition, unlike any other. <laughs> we'll definitely be hitting that stuff up. Uh, I need to take a break. When we come back, let's jump into some Utah basketball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so the running Utes end their season 11 and 20 in Craig Smith's first year, 4 and 16 in conference play, 11th in the Pac 12. Yikes, guys. It it was not a pretty season, but I kind of think everyone kind of expected not to be so pretty going in. I don't think we expected much, but I think it was worse than I expected it to be. <laughs> I'll tell you. We will never be good if we have so many white dudes wearing headbands. <laughs> it works at Utah State. No, 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 it doesn't work. I'm sorry. Let's let's get some haircuts. Let's uh, let's get lose the headbands. Let's get some haircuts. You're talking about man bun Madsen and. Oh, uh, no, I mean, obviously, joking aside, that roster is just it's just. It's rough. It's, it's you, brutal. You, you, I, I don't. And and you're, you we. I, I don't think we were able to really see the type of coach Craig Smith is with a roster like that, right? They're just they were manhandled. There's no depth. Um, very little athleticism across the board. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, he knew that going in. As many guys that left the program last year. Um, and as you know, he had a late start as far as being hired and, and getting recruiting uh, going here. So it's not a surprise that the roster ended up being so bad, but there has to be massive upgrades going into season two. Massive. <laughs> massive. Let's 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 not well, sugarcoat it. Massive upgrades. There have to be you're right, there have to be some massive upgrades. And I think we've already seen the season for the Utes has been over what two weeks now, and four guys have already entered the transfer portal. Yeah, so has there is, has there been four? Yeah, maybe been, it's three. No, but. it's four. It's four. David Jenkins, Lahat, uh, Jack Jamil, and Riley Batten. No, I mean, but it, but okay. With that being said, not trying, not trying to uh, be too rough here, but is anybody sad about those four transfers? Oh. No, no, well, and I Jake, fully, I fully expect there's there going to be more. To be honest with you, and things that we're hearing that we've kind of been talking about, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two, maybe even three more. 
All right, tell us what you're hearing, Cam. <laughs> I, I want names. I want names, and I want them now. <laughs> Name names. Name your sources. Well, the thing that the interesting thing, though, I mean, when they brought in Jenkins, he was he. There was talk that he was going to be one of the guys that was going to help this season be decent. The the one description I remember hearing from various media members when he committed do you tell was he's a walking bucket <laughs> what i mean come by the on. midway point of the season he couldn't even get off the bench yeah he 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 was a big disappointment and uh, he and his uncle well i should say i believe it was his uncle took to twitter did not seem uh, to be too thrilled with the coaching staff and his role on the team but he he never played defense, and uh, at one out of every four games, he made a shot. So um, you can't really fault Craig Smith for you know maybe not giving him minutes when he's not producing. But no, I mean Lahat was in the portal last year, ended up coming back, and I think we all thought and kind of hoped that there would maybe be a revitalization with him that would kind of uh, you know see something out of him. Besides just being kind of that role, ten minute player a game, and and he he definitely had some some nice moments, but uh, just not consistent. Doesn't really have that skill set to um, to be a, a real force down low. So, not not really surprised by any of those. Um, obviously, they've got some guys on visits. Um, they they've got a lot of interesting guys, but the the biggest question is. With with the portal, how many of these impact players want to come to Utah and want to be part of a rebuild? Because a lot of these guys have one, maybe two years left. Um, they want to win, and and you know we're we're not necessarily a year or even two from from doing that. So. I'm interested to see what this staff can do. I know the staff is not complete right now, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is a huge year uh, for this staff to go out and pull in some dudes because, and that's the beauty of basketball. If you can find one or two impactful players, that can literally change your team overnight. So I think as far as Utah with the transfer portal, one thing they can sell is. They have minutes that people can take. There's minutes up for grab on this roster. Yeah, no, and, for sure. That, and, and, and that's for, probably got to have, that's got to have to be their selling point. Yeah. And for guys that want to get tape for the NBA, uh, it, it's a good situation if, if they want those minutes. Uh, you're right, Scott. I don't think that guys that come here are probably coming here because they think they can make a deep run postseason. Uh, but, and, and maybe that's not, on their mind or, or, or their own personal goal for right now in, in their college career. Maybe they're just looking at, you know, they want to go somewhere where they can be the guy. Uh, they want to go somewhere where they can get those minutes, where they can get that, that tape out there. Uh, I, I really think that's what Utah can sell. And I think that's really they all can sell right now is just the, the future because there's not a lot to build on. And I know we kind of, you know, have harping on the roster and, and, and the guys that are there. Craig Smith's got to take some ownership of it, guys. Like, oh, for sure I, I he does. It wasn't the most talented roster in the league, but it never got better. The, I never saw, 
I never saw him take any sort of steps forward this season. And Is that because he never grabbed the mic and said, we're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to, to dog on, on Craig Smith. Cause I mean, it was, again, with, with the limited roster that he had, maybe it was all he could do is kind of try to keep the program afloat as much as possible without a completely nose diving. Uh, well, I mean, but I don't. I don't you, think we can give him a pass because it was his first year. Well, I don't know. You can't give him a pass, right? Because he's he's evaluated year over year. But let's let's also be honest. Be honest and look at this. He was given was it a four year deal? Um, basically, that tells you that Harlan knows this is a rebuild, and it's going to take a number of years to get that done. He's not going to do it in the first year, especially on a shortened recruiting class. Um, due to when he was hired. But with that being said, excuses are excuses. You still got to get the job done. And that's why I think this year is this off season is so pivotal because if you strike out again and you don't bring anybody impactful in here that can help this team and you go through a similar type season next year, now you're two years into it. Where are you going to sell kids on year three, hey, come, 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 join this program. We're taking the next step. You have to, you have to prove it this year that you've made some strides as a program, and um, and they're in on a lot of guys, um, but they're going to have to land them. Last year, they you know they swung and missed on a lot, and uh, and that that showed on the roster. So, um, and again, you don't need we don't need eight guys in here. Um, we just need a couple impactful players to, to really just join the, the core three that we already have. So if you're looking at the season overall, as I said, 11 and 20, four and 16 in conference play, if you're going to give this season a letter grade, where would you guys fall? B minus. You said B minus? You say E. E as in echo, D as in delta, D minus. <laughs> I thought you said B. Scott said you said E. <laughs> A D minus. That's hard. Well, what's uh, what's what's keeping you from giving them just a flat F? That's a good question. Hmm. It might be borderline F. It was maybe the D minus just because he inherited a. An empty cupboard, but <laughs> it was bad. Scott, where are you going? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'll give him a D. I'll give him a, a D because the he tried hard. <laughs> 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 no, I honestly, I just think, look, nobody expected much this year. Um, it was kind of, it was kind of like Larry Kristoviak's first year, right? And they were horrifically bad that first year because they just had to basically take whoever they could get guys that were not going to be in the program long-term guys that they didn't even necessarily want in the program long-term, but they had to fill out a roster. And you kind of saw that this year with what, what they did, they had to fill out a roster. They just took whoever they could. And, um, and, and now that they've had some time under their belts on the recruiting process, targeting guys, um, they got to take advantage of the portal, find a couple of guys, and then 
you you got to also get some some high school talent in here, guys that are that are coming in and will be in the program a number of years. They can help build the program, help turn this culture around, and get uh, get winning again. And and I think I think this next hire, um, who potentially is going to be the lead assistant on Craig's staff, is huge because you've got to get a guy in here that we can recruit. Um, last year, Craig brings Peterson, his top assistant from Utah State, who's been with him forever. He's the lead guy. He brings Slocum back, who was with Larry for a number of years. And then he goes out in that third spot, um, hires uh, that Morris from Cincinnati. And those guys, I mean, they're there to recruit. That's their job. That's one of the biggest aspects of them. Their worth on a staff is not running practices. Um, but it's it's bringing talent in. It's finding guys and bringing them into the program. And we just didn't get that done last year. So hopefully, um, you know, with some more time to evaluate and get things going, they'll be able to, to be a little bit more successful this year. But I'm telling you, this hire is going to be huge. All right. So with all that said, uh, my letter grade, I'm giving with a C minus. What? You just got done telling us you got to be accountable and they give you the best grade. Because <laughs> well, like, to, to, to our point, we all knew that they weren't going to be very good. And so to me, they just stay. Cam's grade on a curve. They stayed at expectations and maybe a little less. That's why I gave them a C minus instead of just a C. When when eleven and twenty is is staying on expectations, we got a problem. I guess I guess that's why we have so many dang curtains in the Huntsman Center. <laughs> Probably why. All right, uh, let's jump into uh, the coaching staff. Things that we want to see, and maybe things we've heard. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We'll get into that. All right. So as Scott was talking before, this is a big hire. Is you know to take this program to where you know Utah fans want to see this program get back to where it used to used to be. I think this is going to be a very significant hire uh, for Craig Smith. And I mean, obviously, let's just get it out of the gate. Everyone's talking about Chris Burgess, a former Ute, a guy who has been killing it on the recruiting trail for BYU especially in the state of Utah. He's got a, a lot of ties to the high school community here. That would be a big-time hire and, and really, I think, would help in a lot of areas where this, the coaching staff suffered uh, this past year with, with recruiting in-state. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you're Craig Smith, you find a way to get this done no matter what. Well, what's interesting about this is there's there's some pressure on on Craig Smith because the fan base wants Burgess, right? They, and, I mean, they they wanted him a year ago, and boosters want him, and so it'll be interesting to see what direction he goes on this because you're hearing nothing. There's not even names being floated out there outside of Burgess. Um, you know. Nothing, nothing has made its way into the into the media or on social media of of any names that would be potentially replacing Peterson outside of Chris Burgess, and that is the most popular. That is the that is the fan favorite um, to bring back to Utah. 
Um, but again, we don't know. We don't know where things stand. Um, there's a little bit out there, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction Craig goes. Does, does he see that value in a local guy who knows the state, who's got a reputation among local kids? Um, I mean, Utah just lost a a a, a McDonald's All American kid who grew up a Ute fan, and we lost him to BYU last year. So Craig needs to understand. You got to get some guys who can recruit locally here and you got to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they come because a, a kid like Chandler, they don't come around that often when they're in your own backyard and we swung and we missed. And I think this is an opportunity for Craig to realize what he needs to add to the staff to really balance it out and help in state. I mean, he, he checks a lot of boxes though. If you think about it, he, a former alum of the U, which is huge for the fan base to get, get fans back into the arena. He can recruit as, as we've mentioned several times in this segment, in the last segment, he can clearly coach. He's a basketball mind. He's played the game growing up. He's proven that he can coach. He's let down millions of, uh, (laughs) of Mormons uh, in his career. <laughs> Let's hope he lets down a few million more. <laughs> I, I I think for me, looking at this is what what did we praise Winningham last time we recorded with his coaching staff? He brought in a lot of guys that played at played football at the U. Right? They they know that culture. They know of what is expected. They they know the fan base. They know the boosters. Chris Burgess is that. You bring someone in that played under Majerus that knows what it was like when the when the huntsman was was, was rocking. Well let's be honest, this kid played at Duke too. He was a huge recruit out of high school. You know, and and he he probably didn't have the career that maybe we all thought he would just because of how big of a recruit he was. But he was still a heck of a talent and uh and played well at Duke, played well here at Utah. Um, before, you know, kind of his back started causing him some problems. Um, but you look at what he's done at BYU. He was on, let's not forget, he was on the Utah staff for a number of years um, as a grad assistant. Um, well, they went to UVU and then, and then at BYU. So he spent a lot of time here locally. And during that time, he's he's been able to develop relationships with AAU programs, high school coaches, um, and he's just kind of, he's built a reputation for himself with what he's been able to do in recruiting. And again, it all comes back to what are these three assistants jobs It's to recruit. That's the name of the game. They got to get players in here. So you gotta, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, um, clear. Um, I think where he should go, Obviously, we don't know wh- where he's leaning or what this, how this is going to shake out, but uh, I think all of you fans would be pretty excited if he comes back. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, you man underscore forever. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. As I said, we're anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. Hopefully, we have some some good news in the near future with Craig Smith's coaching staff. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes.
Go Utes. Go Utes, you'll be till I die, Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.